hello and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast, where every other Friday we take a deeper dive into the one-sentence reviews on shouldigosee.it.com. This week we'll be discussing Men, the movie titled Men. I'm your host, Bill George. With me, as always, AJ Rebecca and super producer Craig Stanton. How you doing, guys? Thought we were, thought we were going to be talking about the hottest men in Hollywood for a second there. <laughs> no, a movie entitled Men, which gets very confusing every time I bring it up with people. All right, let me clear my browser history real quick. Bill, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, AJ. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I've had maybe three to four different text messages over the last two weeks of people sending me photos of their new merch from our Redbubble store. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, the merch is still available. Uh, should I go see it? Redbubble.com. The link is in uh, the Instagram bio as well. Uh, thank you to everybody who has ordered anything so far. Uh, it alerts me every time an order is placed, but it does not give me any specifics. So I apologize that I can't reach out to you all individually to thank you for your support. I would if I could, um, but know that we very much appreciate it. What are we talking about in terms of like quantity? Like how, how are we move in product? Uh, some. <laughs> I would say uh, we were we're almost up to a dozen. I would say a dozen pieces sold. Hey, that's really not that bad. No. Uh, so again, I want to uh, thank everybody for for the support. You know, we do this uh, for free. <laughs> we do this for free, uh, and it, it costs some money in terms of hosting the website, hosting the podcast, the domain ownership, and all that stuff, and never bother me because it's, it's my hobby, and hobbies cost money, but anything that uh, can help certainly helps, so we appreciate it. All the dozen of you. Uh, AJ, you watched a, a movie recently. I did. Uh, an older one, so I wanted to take care of it off the top. You watched Sing. Actually, I guess it wasn't really that, that old. No, it was one of those uh, end of COVID was in theaters and on streaming at the same time. Sing 2. Sing 2. Yep. Sequel to Sing. I saw the original Sing. I think I gave it a no. I didn't care for it too much. Okay. What's the what's your read on the sequel? <laughs> I liked uh, the first Sing. Uh, the second one... Uh, wasn't that good. Uh, there's two yeah. things that really caught me off guard. One, the hero, the protagonist, if you will, is Bono, mm -hmm. voiced by Bono. Yeah, I remember that in the trailer, yep. And I fucking hate you two. <laughs> really? I like yeah, you Yeah, like I almost joined the, 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 the settlement when people were like, Apple installed this on my phone and I didn't want it. Like, <laughs> that's how much I hate you too, is that I just, I don't like them, all right? So having Bono as the protagonist bothered me. But here's what really bothered me. In this world of Sing, right? They're, they're animals, right? But they sing to the music of our world and, and know it as right. that music. So like if they sing a Bieber song, they call it a Bieber song, okay? Sure, sure, yep, yep. Bono is the hero... He's part yep. of a fake band in this world, and he sings U2 songs, but they refer to them as the fake band in the world that they're in. So all other songs exist in our world, in their world, and they call them by the artist names, except for Bono and U2s are like the band that he was once in mm -hmm. 20 years mm -hmm. ago in the animal kingdom. Interesting. Couldn't get past that, huh? <laughs> that was a real jam up for you. 
No, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm losing my fucking mind. No, I, I, I hated it. And the second thing that bothered me <laughs> okay. is I'm not watching Sing 2 for like production value and, and pizzazz, right? Like I'm listening to, to listen to the music and to have a few laughs. There is like 40% of this film shot with like a shallow depth of field thing going okay. on with the camera. Yep. yep. So it's this blurry type background and I, I just I don't need that. Like just give me a regular animated movie. Yeah, we get enough of that on NFL and NBA yeah, sidelines. Yeah. Can we talk about that real quick? Sure. When did someone in like the production office were like, you know what, we're gonna put someone with a mirrorless camera on the sidelines and just <laughs> open up to like one point four and just follow people around and it looks like you're in a pause menu in fucking Madden. Yeah, yeah, NBA 2K style. We're just going to, every bump to commercial, we have to go to that game. Why? What's the point? And then you can tell that the, the operator is just struggling to like keep, well, no, because keep you in that, on, in that focus. It's on a gimbal, and he it's just set to autofocus. So whatever the, whatever the lens is in front of it, just it's tracking the fire. Yeah, it starts racking. Yeah. yeah. It's brutal. It's Idiots. brutal. I agree. So yeah, I watched Sing 2. I mean, I don't know why I did it. My, my wife loved the first one, and I subjected myself to this one, but... Should I go see it? No, it was fucking awful. What did you watch? Fair enough. Uh, I most recently watched a two-part documentary on HBO Max about the life of George Carlin, the comedian, uh, one of my favorites, very influential, did you know fifty plus years of comedy, and so it, it's really a they're one hour and forty five minutes each per part, Whoa. so. You know, it's a pretty lengthy overview of his career from very beginning to very end. Uh, it takes you through the whole thing. He he sort of reimagined himself and his identity as a comedian three or four different times throughout his career. And so they kind of take you through each of those phases. And great clips, great footage, lots of handwritten notes, uh, you know, interviews with comedians today reflecting on his influence as well as family members, his daughter, like really like full-blown if you want to know anything about george carlin this is the doc to watch uh um, narrated by one person or is it you, do the interviews carry you through as a narration uh interviews okay. no narration okay. at all wow and uh they did it it's produced uh or directed i think it's co-directed judd apatow was one of the directors um he's been doing a lot of these uh documentaries for hbo about comedians or about comedy topics um i don't know if he's actually like that hands-on with all of them or if it's just become part of his sort of label or brand but uh, but this one was really really good i mean i have always loved george carlin so i thought it was great and they hit on a couple bits or a couple specials that like really stood out to me so i was glad that they pinpointed those and dissected them a little bit further so that was great um it was it got a little emotional too there's a lot of i only knew him from his work, I didn't know anything about him personally. So when you get into some of the personal life and things with his his wife, um, it gets a little emotional too. It's it's good. It's really interesting. If you if you're interested in him, it's worth a shot for sure. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I saw it on. It's on HBO. You said right? Yep. HBO Max. Uh, yeah, I, I saw it. I was going through the other day and it came up. You said an hour forty five each. Each part, and it's a two parter. Wow. It's a big commitment. Yep. It is, but I was I did it in one sitting. I thought I was I was sucked in. Wow! That was great. But again, big Carlin fan. I've when I was in college, in particular, I remember reading. He had put out a couple books. I read all those. Like I've seen almost all the specials. Like I've I've always been a big fan. Did, so I was 
They had me hook, line, and sinker. I did not know you were a huge Carlin fan. All right. Well, that's good to yeah, check big out. Big time. Uh, anything else? That's it for now. What's uh, what's in the news? On a podcast recently, Judd Apatow shared that he wanted to make a super bad sequel. Quote, I really want to do a super bad in college where Jonah flunks out of college and just shows up and visits Michael Sarah at college. End quote. Uh, Michael Sarah and Seth Rogen have both said they'd never do a sequel for fear of tarnishing the reputation of the first. While Apatow commented on the mindset by saying, quote, that's like saying don't make the second episode of The Sopranos. Bill, do you think it's fair to not explore a story further purely out of fear? It won't be as good as the first. It, it, it's a really tough question because I've seen it go different ways. I generally say I think I think it is I think that is okay to to say, you know what? This is so good as it is. You can't improve on perfection. Let's let it be. I think that is fine. And the, and the one the thing that I keep coming back to when I think about this is the matrix. Like I think about how amazing and perfect the matrix is. I mean, I've talked about it on this podcast, it's the most important movie of my life. And I think about how every time I think about it, I can't help but think about, even if it hasn't gotten worse, it's still as amazing as ever, but I still can't help think about how bad the sequels were. And it, it does hurt it to a degree for me. So I don't think you do it unless you know for a fact you're coming back with an Aliens or a Terminator 2. Like if you know that's what you got in the chamber, sure. But if something is, is so good uh, on its own, I think it's okay to say, you know what, let's leave it be. Even if it means potentially missing out on potential exploration. Two schools of thought here, okay? The first school of thought is what you just said, was the fear that it will never be as good as the first. Right, and all you could do is hurt it. And all you could do is hurt it. And we've seen that play out Zillions of times. Numerous times. Yep. Zillions of times, <laughs> yep. right? The other school of thought is Dr. Ian Malcolm. Yeah. Life finds name? a way. Jurassic Park. Oh. Just because you... <laughs> no, no, no. Just because you, you can... Doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Why should you? Doesn't mean you should, right? Like, we, I just saw, and I sent it to you on Instagram, they're making a league of their own TV show sequel prequel. Right. Why do we need right. that, right? They're, the other... Also got news of a got news of a Spinal Tap uh, sequel this week as well. Heard about that too. What, like, again, what like why the story has already been told. It was so good the yep. first time around. There's nothing that you can do a second time that's going to make it a better than the first or b add something to what you did the first right. time around. It's yeah. So it's it's again I I it's hard because I do, it's hard to say like don't do sequels ever because you never know like. But again, if you know you're coming back with a Terminator 2 or an Aliens or that level of sequel, then you have, obviously you have to. You have to explore that area. But if you're not sure, then like, and you and the first thing you have is so perfect, I think you could err on the side of, you know what, leave it alone. Now, one example on the opposite end, I feel like the Avatar sequels are the perfect situation to do a sequel. Because you have a world that the movie itself is like, okay, no one considers it perfect by any means. But you've introduced an interesting world that is worth exploring, and there is no fear of tarnishing the original because the original is not amazing. So I feel like, yeah, explore it. Try some sequels. See what happens. Maybe you'll get somewhere that we wouldn't expect. But there are times, I do think it is fair to say that there are times where it is too too risky tarnishing the original to explore further. So I, I am with Ro, uh, Seth Rogen and Michael Sarah on that one. Like I, just, I wouldn't touch it. 
Uh, other news, AJ, uh, Christopher Walken has joined the cast of Dune Part 2, uh, Denny Villeneuve's continued adaptation of Frank Herbert's classic sci-fi novel. The veteran actor will be portraying Emperor Shaddam IV. Uh, while unseen in the first film, the all-powerful ruler was established as a forbidding presence. AJ, do you like this pick, or do you think Christopher Walken may be a bit too distracting in this sci-fi world? I can't. I can't. <laughs> he is just one of those guys that even if he tries as hard as he can to be extremely serious and dramatic, I, I don't think it can ever come across 100% that way. Yeah, I know. I know. And then what's going to happen is you're going to have your director or your assistant director step in and try to reframe or re-question or whatever and then it's going to force him to not be himself the way he always is. And it's going to even be more awkward than it was before. So I am, he's a weird dude and he's going to totally fit the look and aesthetic that they've kind of set for that universe. But when he opens his mouth, I, I'm, I'm just going to. It's going to be like, how how'd some guy from Queens get into this universe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, good yeah, I, good I point on the aesthetic. I hadn't even thought of that. I think, you know, especially as he's aged, I think he will fit the idea of space emperor pretty well. But yeah, the voice is going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. And, you know, I want to give uh, Denny the benefit of the doubt because everything he's done so far is outstanding. And the casting in particular for Dune has been outstanding. So I really want to trust. Um, but I am very, very nervous about this decision. Yeah, and what when is it? When is it coming out? Two I, years, they're working year? on the script now, so or finishing the script now, so it's going to be another year or two at least. Uh, blockbuster producer Jerry Buckheimer said in an interview that they're working on a Pirates of the Caribbean sequel with a female lead. He said they're in talks with Margot Robbie and are making two scripts just in case, one with her and one without her. When asked if Johnny Depp would return to the series, he said there's no plans for that at the time, but never say never. Bill. Would you be interested in a Margot Robbie starring version of Pirates? And if you were Disney, would you bring Depp back at some point? We'll start. The Depp thing's a big question. So let's start with Margot Robbie. Uh, she's, I mean, she's great. She is the it girl in Hollywood right now, for sure. She is, you know, headlining the Barbie movie, which has a zillion stars in it. Now she could get her own Pirates. And it also announced, uh, since we even wrote this news piece, they are giving her an Oceans movie to lead as well, like a Ocean, Oceans heist movie. So, like, Margot Robbie is just getting Hi. all the work. And, and she's great. She's fantastic. So, would I see a pirate starring her? Uh, yeah, I'll see it because it's a big movie and I like her. I hate the Pirates franchise, personally. It's just one of my least favorite franchises out there. So... I have seen them all, uh, but I have not enjoyed really any of them. So, I, I but I will see it for her because I think that would be an interesting change. Um, and then Depp, you got to see what happens, like how it still sh how it shakes yeah, out. He's never. I mean, he's never. What, have you watched any of the trial? I've only caught bits and pieces. I feel like what I tend to hear is the public seems to be going his way. So if legally it goes his way and the public is on his side, bringing him back might be might be cool. Like what you could do, like if you're Disney, the way you really do it is you do the Margot Robbie one. Everyone sees it fine. And then post credit scene, fucking 
Jack Sparrow shows up and everybody goes everyone just goes ballistic. If you can keep that under wraps and you can and you can tease that, whoo, then they'd be cooking with gas. I don't think I mean I've I've listened to bits and pieces too. He's it's not gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. You think, he has yeah, a you think he's done? disdain for Disney that is just Really? I didn't I didn't I thought the only oh, yeah. way that Pirates was being addressed was him trying to say how much money he lost because they canceled the contract because of that stuff. But I don't remember him talking about it in general. Yeah, during examination, someone said the the line was crazy. That was like if Disney offered you two hundred million dollars and like 10 alpacas and eight llamas <laughs> would you ever come like they, the, the lawyer asked him that he said would you ever come back to the pirates franchise and he said never in my life not never gonna happen again really oh i didn't even know that yeah that's why i was confused about this new story i thought you realized that he's he's out man he's done never gonna happen i know i i had only heard how much money he lost because they yanked him from pirates so i kind of took that as he would have done it slash would do it but i didn't realize there was a direct examination that's an interesting yeah. point yeah but if they could get him and they could tease it and nobody knew that was coming, that'd be sick. Yeah, what if it's all a, a big setup? Yeah, this entire trial could be on a Disney backlot as we speak. It's all just to drum up <laughs> oh <my laughs> an excitement for a potential comeback. <laughs> the long con. Let's uh, go to our next segment, uh, the Should I Go See It uh, part of the show. And we're going to re- be reviewing men today. <laughs> sure are. Which one first? <laughs> I mean, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll move on to Gandhi and Lincoln. According <laughs> according to IMDB.com, a young woman goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside following the death of her ex-husband. Bill, should I go see it? Yes. Ooh. With one, with one caveat, with one possible thing of note. But generally speaking, absolutely yes. Okay. What's the caveat? Well, let, let me give you context first. Set the stage a little bit uh, to kind of give an audience the full picture here. So this was written and directed by Alex Garland, who previously made Ex Machina, which I think will go down as his masterpiece, uh, Annihilation, which was also good, yep. and then a Hulu, a Hulu show which, uh, of eight episodes called Devs, which was also great. So this is his third feature. He also wrote, uh, and I think also directed 28 Days Later, the zombie film. Did he direct that? Uh, He he wrote it. Oh, wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. So this is his third feature of his own, and I would say it's on par with Annihilation, if not better. I'd probably rank it a little bit better, Uh, which is a little hard to say because these types of movies need a little time to kind of sit and digest and multiple viewings and all that stuff. You know, as you mentioned in the story, Jesse Buckley stars in the film uh, as Harper. She escapes to like a rental cottage in the English countryside after a personal tragedy, which they tease out throughout Act One, a haunted past, the whole thing. Um, and her performance is outstanding. It's it's one of those movies where the whole movie is from her perspective. So it's the audience and her. Like she's we're with her th- the entire time. She's in every s- shot. You know what I mean? Um, so she has to carry the movie and there's long sequences at the beginning with no dialogue whatsoever and you're just with her and the ambiance that Alex Garland creates um, and she does a great job just being connected to it so she gets to the countryside she meets the landlord and he gives her the tour of the place and he's p- played by Rory Kinnear and this is the part the, the real brilliance of the movie which I, I don't think I'm giving it away because it is 
in the trailers, it's evident from the trailers, is Rory Kinnear plays all the men in the movie. And it's not commented on in the text of the movie, but every guy that she encounters is a totally different character with a different look, but it's still Rory Kinnear using makeup, CG, whatever they need to do to adapt, voice changes. And Rory Kinnear is such an amazing actor, so gifted. If you haven't seen the Showtime show Penny Dreadful, he's incredible in that. And he pulls it off magnificently. It's a tour de force for him, honestly, this, this movie. It's like the highlight is seeing him as eight or nine distinct different male characters but all the same actor. And it's so cool. So wait, how does it compare to the Nutty Professor in that way? (laughs) 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 Uh, You could have gone with Austin Powers too. Uh, It's great. He's so good. So that's sort of the the first act is kind of learning the backstory, setting it up, things like that. Second act is straight up thriller. Like it's just her being sort of haunted by these men and chase kind of there's some chase stuff and just just ambiance terror thriller haunted house almost uh the execution is fantastic alex garland we know knows how to direct gifted filmmaker crushes it there's jumps there's tension the the the, the tension in the theater was palpable when i saw it second act outstanding that's when we get into the third act and it becomes a real alex garland movie and this is where it becomes a caveat because it anyone who was in it for the straight thriller is going to get pissed off like we had we had two couple. We had one couple uh, walk out of the theater. What? Uh, yep. We had. Ooh. I had a group of, of young girls in front of me watching it, and when the movie ended, they said to each other, "That was the most fucked up thing that's ever happened to me." Um, it gets so weird at the end, and so it it leans in super heavy on the symbolism and the allegory and the metaphor of of what it's trying to say. It becomes super just weird and graphic at times and bizarre. Like, it's bananas. It's absolutely bananas. And so I loved it and loved what it was doing, but it definitely is going to turn a lot of people off. It's not for everybody. It's, it's a big gamble. Um, yeah. You're, it, the, as you're describing it, the only, you know what movie I have in my mind? What's that? Split. Okay. Is it like Split? The, the comparison that I think is most appropriate would be Darren Aronofsky's movie Mother. If oh, you've seen Jesus that. Jesus Christ. Because okay. Mother is very similar. Where like the first act or two, it just feels like a kind of a weird thriller. And then it starts to escalate and gets absolutely crazy by the end. And then it wraps up and you can tell that it's, it's all metaphor. It's all story. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you've seen Mother and you didn't mind that sort of like exponential ramp up to craziness and the the weirdness of it you'd probably dig this if you went into this thinking it's just going to be a straightforward thriller with a straightforward story uh you're going to be just your mind's going to get blown hopefully in a good way i hope this challenges some people and is interesting and gets some thinking and talking about film that that, in a different way but some people are just going to be pissed off so it's it's kind of a, a give or take wild so that's the caveat is like get ready to get your brain scrambled that's the caveat is that it's gonna get it's gonna get super weird um it's not gonna be a straightforward thriller by the end of it even though he crushes the the thriller aspect in the middle i thought that was awesome too um and even i was watching it being like all right we like the sequence that i'm thinking of is very long and i they really could have shortened it i even i was like all right we we get it we get you can be weird and create weird like visuals like we don't need this to go on for 15 minutes um because it's just off-putting 
So, so I, I would have trimmed that a bit. But I still think even after the weirdness, like the final couple scenes, uh, I think he absolutely nails it and nails the ending. And then it's one of those movies like Mother or like uh, Annihilation where you can talk about it. What did this mean? Go online, like read people's interpretations, a bunch of think pieces. Like it's really like one of those movies you can, if you're interested in it, you can really engage in it. Uh, but that can be a hurdle for some people that are just trying to go to the movies. Yeah, he. I mean, I say split, but he. I was gonna say like he. He reminds me a lot of M Night Shyamalan. Like his third acts always have this thing to it where you're like, yeah. we know it's gonna get weird, we know it's gonna get fucked up, and I've been trying to track it to see what I can come up with in my head. Yeah, but it's you're never close. You're always like, oh my god, like, <laughs> yep. Yep. What? <laughs> yeah, it'll surprise you. It will surprise even if you know. Even anybody listening to this who's like, you know what? I'll check it out. And you think you're gonna, you see how messed up it is. It's gonna ramp up like eight more times from when you think you're you're at the weird part. Love it. Um, uh, are we looking at horror thriller? I'd call like, it. For, I'd call for, it thriller, psychological thriller, maybe. But for those that are like queasy with blood, gore, whatever, like good. No, stay away. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Tell you what, boys, I will not be seeing this film. I'm not a big horror fan. Not up in here. Not up in here. It's too bad. Billy, you insisted that I see Mother years ago, and I have diligently avoided that movie. (laughs) 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 Or no, that was Hereditary, or both, I guess. Oh, Hereditary, also great. It's another. Yeah. I love Mother, though. I I can't say enough about Mother. I I I went back and I picked my my best film of each year on the Should I Go See a website. And I feel like I picked Mother for that year. Like, I really love that movie. Anyway, Men, also great. Um, I guess one other comparison, if you saw Green Knight, it's also similar to that in terms of it's weird, it's allegorical, it's not a straightforward story. So if you, again, if you dig that type of movie, Men is is for you. The middle of Green Knight was so disappointing. Yeah, the middle of Green Knight did drag hardcore. So this this is not like that. But just in terms of the imagery, this is similar. Perfect. But yeah. Recommend, especially if you're a Garland fan. If you've seen his other work and you're into it, then absolutely, 100% have to see it. Busy week for you this week, Bill, huh? Just one movie on the old Sigsy docket. <sighs> yeah. Are you okay? Not, not a lot is out. So this is, we're, we're in, you know, we've talked about, I think we've talked about the different Summer blockbuster seasons, mode. The seasons of movies and how it's, it's cyclical. And we are in like pre-blockbuster time. We're about to hit summer blockbusters, which will go into the fall and winter prestige Oscar movies, which will go into the January, February, March dumping ground of trash. And then we'll get back into blockbusters. So we're in like we're in between cycles a little bit and there's just not a lot out. So, yeah, I only I only saw men uh, this this uh, past week. The movie. Let's uh let's move on to the next segment. Netflix and Bill, what are you watching and what's coming up for you? So we have been talking about this uh, a bit. We are both watching, and now all three of us are watching Barry on HBO. Yes, sir. Sure am. Uh, the, we've talked about it a little bit already, uh, but I wanted to bring it up because it recently has officially been renewed for a fourth season. Hey, oh, good so for we him. Are good for them. Mid season three, as we speak, uh, watching it each Sunday. And I am still enjoying it. Not quite to the extent that I did seasons one and two, but I'm still still certainly on board uh, and following along. Yeah, we talked about this. The first few episodes of three drag and the last two, I feel like are finally getting back to like a seasons one and two pace and writing and back to how it used to be. Yeah. 
but those first few episodes in in the beginning of the season definitely did drag. Uh, but Craig, you're you just wrapped season one. You just started two. How are you feeling about it? Oh, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. I uh, uh, yeah, I think it's great. We me um, we, we've been we've been enjoying it a lot. Nice, nice. I do something that's funny though about binging it is like you lose. I feel like I've I'm losing a little bit of the absurdity element. Yeah. Where it's like he's like an assassin yep. who's like this like mob involved killer whose like biggest priority in life is his fucking acting class. Where like in the first couple episodes <laughs> you're like, what is this show? But then you sort of start to normalize it. And I feel like I want to I just want to go back to that place of like this is such a s- silly prep because they get really serious. Like there's some real oh, yeah. like serious oh, yeah. shit. It gets heavy. Uh, it definitely gets heavy. But it's just I, I have to like remind myself sometimes of like the absurdity of it all because you end up going from like life or death, like really serious shit to like drama that's happening within the boundaries of like the acting class. And you like you find yourself responding to those in an equally serious way. And you're like, wait a minute. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway that's a good point that's a good point i've i've only watched it week to week so uh and yeah every week you turn it on you're like oh we're back in this world because it's just so different from everything else you watch yeah so that's what i mean about the, the binging i mean i'm a big fan of yeah. the weekly release thing for like all shows because i do i do feel like you sort of miss these like these there's there's obviously just a difference between watching a lot all at once versus a little over time but th- i think for this show that's one of the things where you just kind of like lose the perspective of like the absurdity of the whole premise of the show is like kind of funny all the time regardless of what's happening on screen at any given moment well I def- bill, bill Hader sells that so well he he makes that happen like the the way he's able to i mean he's a he's a phenomenal actor and the way yep. he can kind of go back and forth between an assassin and this depressed man in an acting class is just phenomenal and the female lead, hey. whose name I don't know, is also tremendous. You guys were talking about her a couple weeks ago, I believe, about how she doesn't seem to be in anything else, but should be. And I agree. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah the actress that plays Sally. Yeah, she's she's outstanding. Both of them are fantastic. And Bill Hader getting to, getting to show his range. Uh, quite impressive. Uh, as far as things coming up, uh, there is one big movie and a bunch of TV. So the movie... Top Gun Maverick. Seen it this week. Oh, boy. Very excited. <laughs> Take it to Got the need for speed. Uh, I'm going to rewatch the original tonight to uh, make sure I'm ready because it's been many, many years uh, since I've seen it. AJ is currently mimicking the G-forces that would be on his face if you were in a jet at the moment. <laughs> uh, very excited. Very excited to see it. Tom Cruise, my favorite actor, uh, back on the big screen. And uh, I'm thrilled. I I know you're not you don't read you clearly you don't watch trailers yes. you don't read reviews if you do read a review it's after you've posted your review and you only truly read the ones that are on AV Club but the initial <laughs> basically review headlines on the aggregate of Rotten Tomatoes is like this movie is fucking ridiculous but it is the summer blockbuster <laughs> we need right now so oh. I had no yeah I had no desire to watch it but they were like Watch it on the biggest screen with the loudest sound system that you have possible in your home, in a local theater, at IMAX, at Dolby, whatever. So I think I... Uh, I, I, yeah. I, need to, I mean, see it. Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie have been working together for a while now, and they just seem to really 
be on the same page and hit it off. And I just love the tone that they create in all the movies they make in terms of him taking over the last couple of Mission Impossibles, plus Jack Reacher, plus now Top Gun, and then the next Mission Impossible. Like they just have a great relationship between director, writer, and actor. And uh, really excited to see what they do with it. Top Gun, to be honest, even though Tom Cruise is my guy and Top Gun is arguably his most iconic role, it's never been like my go-to. Like I've seen it once or twice, but it's like it's not my favorite. Um, so I'm going to rewatch it to kind of remind myself about it and then see what happens with this one. But I'm definitely excited. Speaking of, uh, this is a bit of a callback to our earlier discussion, but is this the first sequel to Top Gun? There were no... Correct. That's There's correct. only been the original Top Gun from whenever and then... That uh, that's correct. Yes. So this is the exact thing that we were talking about <laughs> earlier. Right. So, the well... The question, yeah, I guess the question is, do did they think that they had a good enough story that made it worth it? And we will find out this week. Do we need it? <laughs> Dude, it has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes as we speak right now. Like you said, I don't read reviews, but I can't help but sometimes see headlines. And I just saw headlines about the fact that it's that all the early critics that have seen it have said it's incredible. So Val Kilmer looks fucking horrible. I mean, he's not he's that like, old. He's got cancer. Uh, AJ. He's he's dying. Haven't you, didn't you see this uh, documentary about his life, how he can't act anymore and his, can't talk because his throat cancer, I think it is? For shame, AJ. <laughs> There's a documentary on Amazon called Val. I haven't watched it because it looks too sad. But Dude, I had no idea. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have made that joke, dude. Like, I was just... I, <laughs> It said the cast and it had a picture thumbnail of Val Kilmer. I clicked on it and I went to images and I was looking at him. Oh, I feel like yeah, it's because his body's being ravaged by cancer. So yeah, it looks like shit. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, there's also a bunch of TV uh, either coming out or has been announced that I think is worth talking about. First and foremost, uh, Stranger Things season four begins this week. You gonna watch it, AJ? Yeah, I am. Uh, we were talking about it. The run times are just out of control. Yeah, they announced all the run times for the episodes. Uh, like seventy-five, massive, ninety minutes each, and then the season finale is almost two and a half hours long. I can't. I still don't understand how. Like, first of all, I don't even know that we needed uh, more sequels to that or seasons to that. Speaking of the sequel question, like season one was lightning in a bottle. Season two was trash. Season three was slightly better, mostly because of the addition of Gwyneth Paltrow and Ethan Hawke's uh, daughter. She's great. Uh, forget her name. What was her name? What? What are you talking what? about? You oh, Uma me. Thurman and Ethan Hawke. Excuse me. I'm still confused. What character was this? The little redhead, the little redhead girl. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know oh, that. Oh, 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 oh! The little punk, the skateboarder, the one that looks exactly like Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke if they had a wait, kid. Wait, 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 wait! <laughs> let's let let's back up. What 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 was the season? What happened in season two? Season two is basically a straight up aliens ripoff. They recreated a lot of that stuff where it's a group of Marines underground. Remember, they're like drilling through the wall or whatever. They like yeah a portal. Oh yeah, it was and then what, what was three? Three was at the mall, very eighties ish. Oh, yeah. Okay, with the ice cream stand, which the is where mall. they introduce. Um, what's yeah. her name? Something Hawk. I forget the first name right now. She's great. She was a great addition for season three. So season three, I did think was slightly better. They did the Terminator ripoff in that season, which didn't really hit for me. And now season four, they're back. They're all older, obviously, and now it's 
a zillion hours long. And again, I feel like we said everything we needed to say with the first season. But I, I mean, I'll watch it. I gotta watch it, right? I, I guess I gotta. Is this a fine? Are they? Is this the final season, or is this just another season? Oh, one gosh. more after this. No, is there this one more? There's a, there's a five. There's a fifth, Lord. fifth and final. Okay. We, I mean, these kids are. They started when they were like 11, 10, 12. Yeah, they're eighteen they're now. I mean, I'm hoping based on the end of season three, they did kind of set up a new status quo. Uh, spoilers, particularly with uh, eleven not having powers anymore. So, like, I'm curious. I mean, I am curious in season four to see if it's a good, you know, an interesting enough shift from what they've been doing. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, it was to the one where she joined like the outsiders for like a, a hot minute. Yeah, that stupid episode where she like gets punk rock in Chicago. Or oh my! I think that God. was was that two? I thought that was three. That had a, that was, was had to two? be two. Yeah, fucking stupid. Awful. Okay, what else you got? Uh, the Boys season three should be starting oh. uh, soon in the next week or two. Fuck yes! The Boys on Amazon, great show. Very excited for that. Uh, Westworld season four is also airing in June. Uh, they released a teaser for that. Uh, you still into Westworld? I haven't watched a single episode. You never seen it? Oh, I thought you did. No. Oh. Uh, season one, masterpiece. Season two, trash. Very similar to Stranger Things, actually. Season three, completely revamped the series. Different everything. Jumped into the future. Added new actors. Uh, and I actually really dug what they did with season three. So I am looking forward to Westworld season four. What? Just so I'm aware, what? What's a, what's a premise? Is that like there's a world that you can tap into and it's virtual reality? So, uh, no. So season one sets the premise, which is Westworld is an amusement park where people pay exorbitant amounts of money to go to this isolated amusement park in the Southwest or whatever. And in the park are where are called hosts and they're all animatronic. Um, but they have uh. AI so that they can interact with the guests. But the conceit of the world is you can do whatever you want. So some people go there and they gamble and they live out the old west and it's fun and it's a different adventure. And then some people go there and they shoot hosts because they want to be able to shoot things. Uh, or they Yeah, it's like they rape and pillage and... Whoa! Or they just... Or they spend nights with the uh, women of the night. I don't know, whatever you want to say. Uh, <laughs> there's yeah. prostitution and everything else. It's the old... It's the, it's the wild west. Um, so some people do that and some people kind of let out a different side of themselves because when they go home on the train home when they get back to the real world doesn't matter it, it was it was all part of the amusement park it was all make pretend as bill likes to say exactly it's make pretend <laughs> and then what ends up happening broadly not to give it's like spoilers but like the storyline is that the ai that they have designed for these hosts becomes so sophisticated that they become sort of self-aware and once they realize that they are pawns in our game and are being hurt um, and then just reset with no memories, they decide to kind of push back. And so oh. there becomes an uprising of the hosts within the park against the guests and the people who run the park. So season one tells a great, fairly complete storyline that, or not necessarily complete, but it, it, it ends on like a great, great moment that calls back the first episode. Like it's really smartly written. There's some time jumping that they do beautifully. Like season one is just a wonderful Season two feels like a continuation that they had to do because the show is popular. And in season three, they decide to do a complete revamp, jump into the future, get out of the park. They're in the actual like world um, with some of the same characters crossing over, but a lot of new ones. 
And I loved, I loved what they did with season three. I loved the aesthetic. I loved the production design. I love future shit to begin with. Um, so I, I really dug season three. Speaking of future shit. And speaking of that, uh, it has been confirmed that a sixth season of Black Mirror is in the works. Um, Black Mirror being the anthology show on Netflix that often handles, uh, you know, each episode is its own storyline, but almost all of them deal with the theme of technology, the future, technology destroying the future, uh, the downfall of humanity in a lot of cases. Most of the episodes are downers. So it takes place in present day is what you're saying? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but they're making a sixth season, and from what they have said, the episodes are going to be potentially slightly longer and even more cinematic in scope which is surprising to me because Black Mirror already, a lot of the episodes I would consider pretty cinematic. So uh, they're going to go even harder on that with season six. And I'm really excited about it because I love Black Mirror. Love, love, love. A couple episodes of that show I think are just uh, master classes in storytelling. And I love the anthology idea and just a short story that is self-contained because of how much I despise prequels in particular and sequels sometimes. Separate, separately, I didn't realize that Westworld was a um, basically a reboot, a reimagine. Yeah, it's a Michael Crichton novel that became a film in the 70s, 70s. 80s. Yeah. Um, and then they decided to reimagine it as a series. But again, now that they have gone past season one, it's the now the showrunners are making their own storyline. Like they've exhausted everything that was that was in the. It's the, the Game of Thrones downfall. Is that. When you have sure. the source materials, you can do amazing stuff. And then when you have to make decisions on your own, you turn Fuck into a fucking mush. I, I think that's what happened with season two, for sure. And that's why they probably did the full reboot. Not reboot, but the full change for season three. Uh, last but not least, it's on my radar to watch. And I know you've probably watched one episode. Is the prehistoric show, I think it's what prehistoric on the Prehistoric TV Planet. Plus? Prehistoric yeah. Planet, yeah. On uh, on Apple TV, you've watched the first episode. What do we think? I think it's really cool. I think it's a very clever, clever idea in terms of clever girl, clever girl <laughs> showing a you know nature. It's basically it, they they certainly molded it in terms of uh, the writing and the narration and the storytelling after something like Planet Earth. Uh, even like the breakdown of the episodes is similar to Planet Earth because they do it by geographical location uh, or type of location. And they have David Attenborough, who, of course, narrates everything. Uh, and so it's basically Planet Earth, except you're watching footage from Hawaii or wherever they shot it with dinosaurs superimposed on it. Uh, and all the facts they're giving are about the dinosaurs. And it, they play it straight like, here's, here's dinosaurs, like just as if it's a nature documentary. And I think it's a super clever idea. And I think, generally speaking, it's it's really well executed. Obviously, with CG, it's sort of shot to shot, whether it really works or not as well. Um, but I would say the vast majority of it works really well. So I think it's really cool. I'm going to keep watching for sure. What's your take? Have you watched one, two, none? No, I haven't watched any of them. No. Oh, I, I thought gonna, you watched one. No, I was going to start uh, was start one tonight. Um, my question for you, like, how good? like, how good did they do it? Like, are there moments where you're fully immersed and you're like, this is what the dinosaurs experienced millions of, millions of years ago. Uh, yeah, for sure. The there's wow. the modeling and the texture of the dinosaurs themselves is impeccable, like second to none. The only place where every once in a while there'll be a shot where there's 
really direct interaction between the dinosaurs and the landscape, whether it's sand or water or whatever else that like kind of yeah. gives it away. Yeah. But when you're just looking at one of the dinosaurs up close or whatever, it's like unreal. It's or surreal. It's uh, it's it's really impressive stuff. Love that. Well, thank you for listening to the Should I Go See It podcast. Please make sure to follow on Instagram at Should I Go See It. 